I guarantee you this is one of the most common questions that believers ask themselves. How do I hear God's voice? And I am so passionate about this because we've already done a teaching on how do I read the Bible this week, and then how do I grow in prayer? This is obviously like the three-quarted strand. How do I hear God's voice? I want to just say right at the beginning of this little mini teaching, you have heard God's voice if you are a believer. It wasn't your idea to repent of your sins, to turn from your sin, and to see Jesus as the supreme, sovereign, and sufficient Savior. That wasn't your idea. None of us are smart enough. That was as a result of hearing God's voice on the inside of you to turn from sin and self, to respond to the Savior, and to receive his forgiveness and his saving grace. You heard his voice if you've responded to the gospel. And so it's not can you hear God's voice, it's how do you hear God's voice? How do you hear God speak on a regular basis? Because really there is no relationship apart from building strong communication. And how much more, if this applies to all of our relationships with our spouse or our friend, our colleague, our coworker, our neighbors, classmates, how much more does this apply to our relationship with God? So how do I hear God's voice? This teaching I'm about to release, God gave me this passage. He gave the whole world this passage for thousands of years. Let me just retrace the steps there. But when I read this passage about four or five years ago, it was like my heart exploded and my mind. In this one passage of Acts chapter 8, 26 through 40, you're going to identify seven or eight ways that God communicates. I bolded them for us as we read the text together. This is phenomenal. And so uh, I have a PDF I can link um, somewhere that you could get the, the notes that I've written up about this. But let's read the passage. Now an angel of the Lord <clears throat> said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the, all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at 
Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. And I just want to get right into it. This passage is a case study of how insatiably devoted God is to being a communicator, to bring us in on, back to the teaching on prayer yesterday or whenever you listen to it. God's whole desire is to bring us into relational enjoyment and then to release us for empowered partnership. So relationship and then partnership. Look at this passage. I'm just gonna give all the little one-liners in the passage and references. The angel told Philip. So God speaks and communicates through angels. Yes, still. There is messengers, read Psalm 103, to, to do, and Hebrews chapter one, to minister on his behalf to his people. Number two, the eunuch was in Jerusalem worshiping. God speaks through angels. He speaks through the gathered worshiping community, Acts 8, 27. He speaks clearly, obviously, and most obviously through the scriptures. He was reading the prophet Isaiah in Acts chapter 8, 28, 31 through 33. The spirit told Philip, go to this man's chariot, And I love that passage, if you caught it in the first screen of scripture. He went with what he knew and then God brought greater insight. Philip didn't know everything. The angel of the Lord said, go this certain way, the wilderness route, meet some dude. Spirit says, go by his chariot. He hears what he's reading. This is one of the key factors that maybe I should have saved to the end, but the way God speaks is a lot of times it's progressive. So when you start obeying the one thing you know he said, it just begins to unfold more and more and more as you grow in confidence and clarity of how to tune into how God communicates and speaks so that he speaks through the spirit. And I love this. After he reads the passage, Philip asks him, do you understand? He says, how can I unless someone guides me through it? This is how God speaks through the body of Christ. Then Then he says, From that very passage, Philip gets to communicate the entire good news about Jesus springboarding out of Isaiah 53. So obviously God has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. This is my favorite paragraph in the Bible almost, and the whole Bible is Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. In these last days, he has spoken to us, God the Father, through his son, who is the radiance of his glory. He sustains all things by his powerful word. He's the exact imprint of his image and likeness. And after he, Jesus, provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And then he goes on to say in Hebrews 12, 24 through 29, that man at the right hand of the father is still speaking. He holds the whole thing together by his voice and his word. So he speaks through the gospel, the good news. And then I love this. The guy's like, well, why shouldn't I be baptized? This is a part of what it means to be a part of the people of God. And I know, and and so they baptize him. So God speaks through baptism or the sacraments. So in one story, which I want you to go back after this video or this podcast, and you read the whole thing again, and you underline all the ways God speaks and communicates, and you'll find it's breathtaking. Here's just a summary. He speaks through the Bible. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, pictures, promptings, impressions, the still small voice. When something drops, I like to describe it as dropping in your heart or your spirit. He speaks through the church, the people of God. He speaks through creation, Psalm 19, Psalm 33. He speaks through dreams and visions. In two chapters from Acts 8 and Acts chapter 10, 
Cornelius, an angel shows up again. Cornelius, your, your, your offerings to the poor and prayers have gone up to the Lord. He wasn't even born again and spirit-filled yet. And Peter's on his roof in Joppa, in his friend's house, and he sees a vision. It's like a trance in this sheet. So he speaks through dreams and visions. We already talked about it. He speaks through angels. God speaks through the sacraments, the Lord's Supper, communion, Eucharist, baptism, and marriage. And then ultimately, he speaks to us through his incarnate, his, the incarnate word, his son, Jesus Christ. And I just want to stop right there. God is a communicator. Refuse to settle for a, a faith or a walk with God where you, you, God, I can't hear you, God. Now, there are seasons where you walk through valleys and shadows and adversity and difficulty, but beloved, he is always speaking, always communicating always wooing and drawing us. And this one story shows one, two, three, four, six or seven or eight ways in one little story in the book of Acts, all the different ways God communicates. So I made a little alliteration. That's my love language is alliteration. If, if you haven't picked that up yet, you can't hear God. There's like five or six R's, just like real practical. Read the Bible. It's the living, active, and God-breathed word. Repent. Change your mind, renew your mind in the truth and then come into alignment and agreement with who God is, what God says, God's will, God's wisdom and God's ways. Remember the countless times he's communicated before. This is huge. I know you spoke to me then, Lord, so I know you'll speak to me now. Rejoice, another way I just had to do an R for the alliteration. Worship, God speaks through worship profoundly as your heart is is, is lifted and oriented around God and his goodness and his glory. Rest, oh, this is a key to hearing God's voice and his promises, his peace, his presence and faithful provision. Sometimes in our striving, we work ourselves up. and Why can't I hear you? And the Lord's like, just rest and I'll share my heart with you. Respond, this is huge to what he's saying now or to what you already know. So many of us are waiting on a word from God when we haven't obeyed the last word he said. So there's a log jam, there's friction and static on the airwaves and the Lord's like, respond to me. The more you respond, there's this powerful passage in Acts chapter 5, 32, 31 and 32, where Peter says, he gives the, more, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. And you read the whole context so you don't think I'm just ripping it out, but the point is, there is more to discover the more we're eager and willing to obey, no matter the cost or consequence. And this is massive. Last R, to hear God. Run the race he's called you to run. Maybe you're trying to run in some race that, that you look up to somebody on social media or a pastor or a leader or a business person, and you're trying to live everyone else's story but your own story. Run the race he's called you to run, and on that track and on that path, you will discover the voice of God and the pleasure of God. Last two little verses just to, to uh, wet our palate to believe he is a communicator. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. My sheep listen to my voice. I, I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. 
So I want to land the plane right there. These are just six, seven, eight different ways God speaks to us as his people. Lean in, refuse to believe the lie that you can't hear or that God is so far distant and far removed from your life that that you can't hear and commune and dialogue and converse with him. And so, Father, I just pray encouragement over those listening and those watching, that you are a communicator, that we can know your voice, we can know your ways, we can walk in your wisdom, and we can obey your will because you are faithful to communicate to us in so many ways, but principally through your word, by your spirit, through your son, and in the context of vibrant kingdom community. Holy Spirit, fill form and then flow through our lives as we seek to obey you, Jesus, no matter the cost or consequence. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Bless you guys.